I said, it don't need shit now. Fuck that Heisman, might as well throw it out. Fuck all these bitches, I don't know shit. Fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck, we're not back. I hope you liked that wonderful remix introduction. We don't want you back. <laughs> hey, I'm, I just apologize. I apologize y'all didn't get to hear these golden pipes. Y'all had to listen to I'm Max. You know, just... He's used to the the heavy metal singing, not the uh, the the light R and B tune that you're that that accompanied the podcast. For for those that don't know the actual lyrics to that song, um, the the end is not just a bunch of fucks. It's fuck you, you ho. I don't want you back. <laughs> what would be the kids bop version of that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I do know? I do know that we are hashtag sponsored. And I am sponsored to do an unboxing of our latest sponsor of the Surly Horns podcast. Live. Manscaped. We're going to do it live. Manscaped. Manscaped. And I cannot think of a a better company than to sponsor us hairy motherfuckers. I mean, if there's anybody that could use a trim, it is us two. (laughs) <laughs> it is, okay. it, so, I know I look like Tom Herman, but it takes a lot of grooming to look get the beard this, this like this. So I wanted to give the unboxing live on the podcast, and yeah, um, Man, so Manscaped opened, care, sent us a care package. Yeah, I've opened the box, and uh, there's a, a very nice shirt. Um, they're almost almost as nice as the burn burn ends t shirts. Almost, it's a, almost. it's a, it's a it's a t shirt, and it has the Manscaped logo on it, and it says. Your balls will thank you, now. and they do. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's that was in there, and then now I have this really nice looking box. Um, again, I open it up, and it says, "Your balls will thank you." Uh, it's I think a nice my balls box. are going to really like this, or something. Who knows? Hey, uh, and this isn't here, just for men's; got... it's for your box as well, ladies. <laughs> yeah, I've got my uh, crop reviver, uh, refreshing ball toner. Uh, with Which I've active used. pH balance. My balls are toned better than they've ever been toned before. Um, I've got my anti-chafing ball deodorant. Very nice. Which is much oh, needed for this. a sick boy. The lawnmower 4.0. Hey, guys, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold that up to the mic. Let the folks hear. That that's not that's not the Sibian, folks. That is this the is lawnmower 4.0. This 4. is a waterproof. Oh, look at that. It even has a light. And I, and I am just putting it right up against the middle of my wrist right now, trying to just slit my wrists with this thing. And it will not cut my skin at all. This thing. Across the street, not down the river. But um, so, guys, I, legitimately, I was hesitant on this stuff. Like, you, I, I've owned a ball trimmer my entire life. This one is insane. So I haven't trimmed my balls yet. Hasn't needed to be, you know, in the coming weeks. But I trimmed my neck with it. So I did it literally in the shower. So I took it in the shower with me and I was able to trim the back of my neck, my hairy ass neck with it. And it was completely waterproof. It didn't nick. It didn't cut. Normally I do like a regular razor back there and it always leaves my skin all irritated and bumpy. This thing was perfect it is awesome i cannot wait to use it on my balls wait there's more uh i also got a pair of manscaped performance boxer briefs 
Um, looking pretty good. And then a really, actually, this is super nice. A, a full. It's leather so case. nice. It's so nice. And 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 this. So if you use our promo code Surly Horns, we tried Mule Dick. They wouldn't go for the Mule, Mule Dick, Dick promo. Mule code. Dick was a little too much. Is what they said. Mule <laughs> Dick is a little too and, much. And then uh, and then are you from the internet? Was too long. So if you use promo code Surly Horns um, on your order from Manscaped.com, um, you get twenty percent off. Um, and this is uh, and free shipping. One of their, like, and free shipping. And this is one of their care package. The the travel It's basically free. It it's basically it's free. No, like so I so I've obviously already used it and um it's like 120 bucks without our promo code. And now you can just have clean shaven balls. You're not gonna get any nicks or scrapes. And it's like sixty bucks or something for this nice ass care package that is that they sent our dumb basically asses. free. Basically free. Basically so, free. So, hashtag sponsored. Go check out Manscaped. Surly Horns is the promo code. 20% off free shipping. I, I think that's and, the only, you know, it's the, and we it's the need only everybody thing that I can code. be happy about. Yeah, we need everybody to use the code so we can get more free shit. So everybody use the go out and use the code. Uh, let us know if you do use the code in the podcast thread, and we will give you positive rep for it and tell others to give you positive rep because that's the only thing we can offer. You know, hey, if somebody can show me that they bought like five different things using our promo code, we'll give you all a burn-in shirt as well. We'll mail you a burn-in shirt and koozie. <laughs> all right. So... Uh, I think that's it for the good news. Um, the rest of this is going to be fucking downhill because so if, boys, if we're talking we about, have lost I mean, if, boys and girls and girls, we have not fucking won a game in two fucking weeks. So if we, we were talking we fucking, about, we fucking had one yard of offense <laughs> in the fourth quarter. I just have to laugh. I just have to laugh. So if Manscaped is cleaning your balls and not having any nicks or cuts, um, we were castrated the past two weeks in the second half. We had four, we were using whatever quarters. bullshit fucking trash razor you used to have on our balls. That's what our fucking team was doing. It was uh, it was a fucking weed whacker directly to the nuts. And I knew it. I knew it. You know what? I knew it. I knew it when they called that pass interference or not the uh, the roughing the passer on Spencer Sanders. And then they didn't call one on Casey. And I said, it's done. I almost turned it off. And the only reason I didn't turn it off was because I didn't have a choice. You know, I didn't have a choice. I went straight from Oklahoma State game on Fox directly to the Houston Astros getting fucking pistol whipped in Blast. front of my face <laughs> on Fox. Two grand slams in the second inning. I switched to bourbon at like four o'clock in the afternoon. It that's a conversation for another time. We can just we can get our ragey sads on for, for Oklahoma State for the next 20 minutes. Uh but holy shit, that Saturday did not go good for your boy. I just look Casey Thompson had by far the worst game in his career. And it better be the worst game he ever fucking plays. Because if he plays another game like that, he may just not get another fucking chance. He was hurt. He had to have been hurt. His thumb had to have been fucked up or something. But you say that, but then the first half, like, at least he's doing something. There's no deep balls, right? There was no deep threat. um, And it wasn't because Oklahoma State took the deep threat away. I think Casey just could not throw the deep ball for whatever reason. 
Maybe his thumb. I don't know if his ribs got broken. He got fucking straight pile drived. I wouldn't be surprised if he had at least bruised ribs. Um, he's a gamer. He came back in. But guess what? Being a gamer and coming back in doesn't really matter if the fucking rest of the time is just four and out or three and you know, three and outs, four and outs. There was one four and out. It was it was terrible. I will say that he goes out, Hudson comes in and hands the ball off to Bijan. I was really hoping that that would break, but it didn't. Uh, and and then he comes back in, and it's the last snap of the third quarter, and Josh Moore has his man beat. And Casey Thompson throws a fucking great ball that is not a duck. It's actually a spiral. And, and I he guess Josh it. Moore just fucking sucks. He's allergic to catching. It was it was offensive. He hated that ball. He didn't want to grab that ball. It was I'd have been okay if he didn't oh. even like he should catch that ball in stride and just score a touchdown. I would be fine if he dove for the ball and just kind of got the first down. But just to drop it just just cuz. And I mean, if you, if you went back and listened to our um, Sunday wrap up with Cade, which you should, if you're a Burn Ends member, and if you're not a Burns Burn Ends member, um, I hope you have a lot of nicks and cuts on your balls because um, you're obviously not a Manscaped user either. Either uh, he basically said, like, "Hey, we had to stay in and block because the offensive line was legitimately, in my opinion." which my opinion carries a ton of weight, at least um, in my mind, um, and literally nobody else's. That was the worst offensive line performance I've ever seen since Ndamukong Sue butt-fucked Colt McCoy in the Big 12 championship game. I can't think of a worse performance of an offensive line, bar none. And it was, it was all the bad. three and out. Casey, Casey Thompson, like he was injured. He wasn't throwing well. Bijan wasn't running well because how fucking could he? Because they were the line of scrimmage. The second they snapped the ball was set three yards back from where it started. It was insanity. And they're not like they're not blitzing a bunch of people. It I don't was know just what the fuck everybody's getting... talking about that, that Texas lost talent or doesn't have strength and conditioning or whatever. These guys weren't getting blown back. These guys aren't getting pancaked. These guys are literally just letting a, a free man run in. And it's not because of some crazy scheme they dialed up. It's it's because they just fucking don't know how to get in. Just get in fucking front of the guy. Just and it's, stand there. Do do anything. A, you know who their best defensive player is? It's a fucking quarterback recruit. Their Rodriguez was a fucking quarterback recruit that they turned into an inside linebacker, and he's their best goddamn defender. And he's he would be our best goddamn defender at this point. A fucking walk on quarterback. They fucking Roshan Johnson did, but put him on the other side of the op, of the of the line of scrimmage. Are you kidding me? It's a bunch of two stars. Like this is Oklahoma fucking state. How are you getting this out coach with this amount of talent? It is so fucking frustrating. Every time, every game, I am so tired of it. And it's like people making excuses. It's if if this coaching staff is worth a fucking cent that we're paying them. If it's worth the fucking time and energy that we have spent in paying their goddamn tight ends and in working on other ways to pay the rest of the fucking team, if this coaching staff 
And this talent that they currently inherit, and I understand they inherited this talent. It's it might not be what they exactly want. It might not be exactly what they're fucking used to. Guess what? PK, he fucking coached guys from two stars from Washington. Are you kidding me? We he can't do what he did at Washington with four stars from Texas. Are you fucking kidding me? This loss and the last loss are blame solely on the coaching staff i don't give a fuck i do not care about your oh well we don't have the talent oh well we don't have the guys they weren't coached up enough oh strength and conditioning fuck you scheme around it the talent was there when you signed them the talent is still there make them want it your job is to coach them they're not going to coach themselves if they don't want to be coachable kick them the fuck out get rid of them the transfer portal is there See, this is the problem that I see is I didn't see the, like, you, you, you miss a blocking assignment and it's, it's, it's already starting to collapse and stuff. Uh, you get, you get one, you get one missed blocking assignment and then you're going to get yoinked. Um, I would, I would rather lose the game with a bunch of freshmen getting experience than a bunch yep, of people 100%. that just are just sitting there fucking I, I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. Why is, why is Tope Amati in the game? Put Hayden Connor in there. Yeah. Hayden Connor has a fucking future playing football. Tope Amati does not. I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a really nice fucking kid to stick around this long. He does not have a future playing football. And I'm sorry that he has to take that on the, uh, take that out on the university of Texas. Cause Hayden Connor could be a player down the road. And at this point in the season, this is where we're at. And this is where we have to be at. If we are, you know what? You know what makes me upset more than anything. And if you can't tell, I'm a little fucking heated, and I don't get this way often. Um, you know what makes me upset? If you told me we lost Oklahoma State the manner we did, I would understand it. You have a hangover after the OU game. It's you know, it's one of those where it's like, oh, it lingers a little bit. I can't believe we blew that. It kind of derailed the season a little bit. We were butt fucking them in the first. That half. blew them out. Blew them out in the first we half, were, except for Casey's we were pick a six. Pick six. We were a pick six away from blowing them out and making them fucking quit. And what happened after that pick six? The game was over. The game was immediately over. And that is a weak because our players are fucking soft mentally and a and weak the coaching, minded coaching. The coaching staff just doesn't know how to respond to to these fucking players that just give up. It's like, they dude, just call, just call the fucking call the I don't give a shit play. And fucking just run the ball and get two first downs, or call a fucking timeout and just yell at them. Just yell at them. I don't know what we. I, I don't understand what Sark saves all these goddamn timeouts for when you're ahead. When you're ahead and you want to do what you say you want to do, Coach Sarkeesian, you, you don't need your fucking timeouts at the end of the game. Call your fucking timeouts and just yell at people and just be like, get your fucking heads out of your asses. Do you want to fucking win this game? We've got a big third down here. All you have to do, this is the only option. We're going to run this fucking play, and everybody needs to fucking run this play perfectly, like your fucking life depends on it. This play. And then the next play, if we get a next play, because you're not all fucking dead, because we executed properly. Now I understand, you know, you know, when Brian Kelly got all pissed off after the Florida State game, and they had won. And in that interview, he said the bizarre thing about like, I don't know, maybe we should execute our team. 
and like it was a joke that kind of went over horribly. I understand what he meant by that now, right? With, with a team that's just executing so fucking poorly, I feel like what Sark's doing in the press conferences, he's saying the right things. He's acknowledging what's wrong. He acknowledges what the problem is almost immediately after the fact. But what he's not doing is holding people accountable in the moment. And and that's the difference between this team competing this year and now and, and you know, him waiting on getting whoever he wants from a mentality perspective and whatever. Like, dude, I don't think Xavier Worthy and Bijan Johnson are going to take offense to you lighten people the fuck up that suck. Right, because Xavier Worthy has proven that he's not a fuck up. Right, he had the one bad fucking play at OU, and what did he do? He immediately fucking turns it around and and scores a fucking touchdown and has two great plays. He shows that he has the mental fortitude to go through something that's super fucked up and would usually just tear a freshman to shreds and come back from that and just fucking ball out of control. And what the rest of this team has shown that's fucking apparently a junior or more senior than, than than their third year here is that they're just a bunch of soft pussies that can't figure out what they need to do if things aren't going just absolutely perfectly. And I don't know if it's that they were just coddled so much by Sam Ellinger because Sam would just say, fuck it, guys. If everything's going to shit, like just fucking everybody just make sure that you block for me and I'll fucking make sure that we get first downs. Because I swear to God, Sam Ellinger wins both of those games pretty fucking easily. And not because, uh, like, whatever. Everything else goes the same in the first half. Sam Ellinger plays in the second half. And Sam Ellinger at least wills one first down just by sheer will. And we don't have anybody with the sheer will to just say, everybody, we're getting this first down. Because it's not enough for one player to want the first down. The whole fucking team has to want the first down. And I'm not saying that they didn't want one. I'm saying that they were all thinking, oh my God, if we don't get this first down, we're fucked, instead of the only thing that matters is this first down, which is a totally different mentality. And, you know, like I said, Sark's called it out appropriately. We'll see what he does. I, I really hope he just sits a bunch of motherfuckers. Right. I Like, I don't know what else you do except for, say, you're not the guy. I can't depend on you. Just stop. Tell, tell them to stop being fucking pussy. These guys are softer than my balls after using the lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped. They are fucking Charmin soft. They are. It is it is it is unimaginable how soft they are because they get it's you can you can fucking boil it down to the play of they got socked in the mouth this one play and let momentum completely swing in the other direction. The pick six from Casey, I fucking knew it the second it was thrown. First of all, the second it was thrown, I knew it was picked off just watching the fucking game. And I'm not a goddamn quarterback. It's it. You could see the guy. You could see the guy. It, second that happened, I knew the game. It was just done. It was absolutely 100%. Things are going to end badly here or we're in a dogfight because worst case, you're looking at 20 to three worst case. I, well, Instead, I don't know. I don't, where, where's the, where's the, if the, if the coaches aren't going to be lighting it up on the sidelines, where are the players 
lighten it up on the sidelines. It's not about freaking out. It's not about freaking out. It is, it is about we can't have this happen anymore, right? Where's Casey going and getting in somebody's ass for not having the right pass protection? Where's Bijan? And this just isn't Bijan style, right? I like yeah. different people, different things, right? Bijan's not going to go on the sideline and light anybody up. That's just asking him to be who he's not. But Casey Thompson has been vocal. And one of the things that he did to make the team respond well to him is have a presence and have a way to carry and how he was telling people exactly where to go. And I don't know what's going on with Casey. I don't know if he's gotten too fucking drunk at BY Steakhouse. I don't know what the hmm. fucking deal is. We're not we're not a bad fans. We're not fucking booing and asking for Hudson Card. We're just asking you not to fucking on a on a screen pass to Xavier Worthy where a guy's fucking 12 yards off the line for you not to throw it to the fucking line of scrimmage. Just throw it to Xavier. He jukes the guy and he's got Greenfield in front of him, right? We, there's just so much that happened in that game where it's just poor execution, but not like, oh man, that guy just can't play better. It's like poor execution because you drop snaps, you fuck like who knows? I don't know if his fucking thumbs hurt. If your thumbs hurt and you can't fucking catch snaps, or if you're, you're not like in the right horrible. mental state, dude, you can call a fucking timeout, man. Like, and maybe has Sark not let these guys know, hey, if you're not fucking getting the look that you want, just call the fucking timeout. I'd rather call the timeout than throw a fucking pick. Oh. Anyway, the season's over. Nothing fucking matters anymore. And what no. I really hope that that goes on in this bye week is that Sark told everybody, uh, you guys are soft um, starting with the Baylor game. We're holding tryouts for the 2022 team. And that means, you know, you get to show us what y you're made of from here on out. Um, so the, my biggest problem with the game yesterday is that the season's not over. And I know how the rest is going to play out. Um, so if you've been listening to the Shirley Horns podcast, there's been nobody sunshine pumping more than this motherfucker um, talking to you on the microphone right now. Um, and things could get really, really, really fucking bad quick. Baylor is legitimate. They could kick us in the teeth. Then we're going to Morgantown. Fuck. That's not an easy place to play. So right now we're staring at four and five in the fucking face. I mean, is there a chance that we miss a bowl? Yeah. Do you uh, like if you're listening to this right now and you think that we have a we are guaranteed to win a single game besides Kansas and maybe Kansas State the rest of the way. Iowa State should be favored. West Virginia in Morgantown favored. Baylor at Baylor, fuck. Like I mean, they should blow the the problem with this team is they should blow every team left all of them out. They should blow them out. They should all they should win every game by no less than thirty. But somehow. This team is fucked, and they may be up by 30 at one point. They may be up by 20 at one point in the game. But I don't think this I don't think this team knows how to win a real game by more than a touchdown. And it's like they're disinterested. And I don't know if it's I mean, I think, you know, I think a lot of it was you came from the environment of, you know, we were with Tom Herman and he was a dickhead and he was an asshole. 
but you know, whatever. I'm not going to rehash Tom Herbin stuff. Things do feel a little lax under Stark and, and that's fine. I have no problem with, you know, Pete Carroll has been a, a lax, you know, player friendly coach since he started. Um, but the winning has to follow that and there has to be a winning mentality. And at this point, I mean, seven win Steve is we might be hopeful for seven win Steve. I had to Google what is Steve Sarkeesian's buyout at, at, at the end of the fourth quarter of the Oklahoma state game, because that's where I'm at with this program at this point. And am I jumping off a ledge right now? Uh, you know, shout out close to jumping, but I'm fucking close to jumping because this is not what we were promised. We were promised all gas, no breaks. And right now, especially unscripted plays in the second half, which is what fucking costs us against OU and what costs us against Oklahoma state. Fuck dude. It is not good. It is not good at all. It is embarrassing. And I don't think you can just equate it to we don't have the personnel. How are we going to get the personnel if we don't have the success and the wins behind it? You have to show Arch Manning is not joining a fucking five and six football team. And if you're hanging your hat on Arch Manning fucking joining and being the goddamn savior, then you need to show the offensive line. And if you can't show that you have a competent offensive line coach, how are you going to get the competent offensive line? It doesn't follow. It doesn't make sense. It just does not make sense. You have to be able to show a proof of concept. And we cannot, we cannot, you can show 70 on fucking tech. You have to be able to beat the teams you're supposed to be beating. And we're doing that in the first half because it's scripted bullshit. And then we can't close in the second half. And that is mentality only. That is 100% on the mentality of the coaching staff, the mentality of the fucking players, which boils down from the fucking coaching staff. It is 100% on this coaching staff at this point. And I'm fucking over it. You have a bye week now. You have a bye week now, and if you go out and you show the same shit against Baylor, oh my fucking god, we might have to yeah, goddamn ninety nine thousand people, right? There were there were something like eighty something fans short of a hundred thousand in DKR last Saturday, and it's embarrassing, right? And and you should go if you're a Burn Ends subscriber and you haven't listened to Cade's interview. Cade's pissed. Cade's not happy, and and you know. I'm not going to give away too much because it's a subscriber only deal, but uh, to. we weren't easy we on the pay tight end. with the questions. Uh, and I'm, I'm fucking tired. I'm fucking tired of people being wide open for first downs, wide open for the clear run for the run pass option and, and just bad, bad decisions being made constantly. And it's not just the one decision. It's like there are three or four people making bad decisions. And that's the the problem. If it was one person that was having all the mental errors, I would understand. The defense even. We, We have mental error after mental error after mental error on the defensive side of the ball to they're doing their jobs. They're doing everything fine. They've got them in a third and long. They make a fucking great stop. And guess what? 15-yard penalty, automatic first down. Or a fucking 10-yard penalty, automatic first. Like, or everything is just so fucked when you can't get off the field, when you're playing well, 
And you can't stay off the field because your offense is completely anemic. Completely One anemic. yard in the, the fourth quarter. You have B. John Robinson. He just they fell only down. ran eight plays, and Bijan did get three of those eight targets. But it's it's it is embarrassing uh, because those plays, the plays that were called, they were schemed open. But it doesn't matter if it's schemed open if your quarterback is just getting blown up. And there's nothing about there's nothing about the front line on Oklahoma State's defensive front that exceeds the strength or talent of any anybody on the Texas team. It, it, they were coming in untouched. And that's the, 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 the problem is it wasn't one guy letting them in untouched. It was multiple guys getting let in untouched and just unable to do anything with the ball. And then everything just is, you know, devolves from there. Anyway, we're very ragey, very pissed off, dejected about the game. <laughs> I'm going to okay. apologize to Manscaped as your as our first podcast sponsor. I hope they have to listen to the entire thing. Like, hey, did these guys do the ad read? And it, like, they listen to us just fucking rage and bring up Tom Herman and <laughs> just say the word pussy. I mean, that's how and- I feel. I feel like I feel like we're this is the last two weeks have been like worse than the last four seasons. Nightmare fuel because it's it just is such a just a kick in the fucking nuts. It 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 is everything that so Arkansas was one thing. I wrote that off minor blip. Like okay, it was bad. It was really bad. Don't like it. Not a fan of it. I can write it off. Hudson Card. Okay, Casey Thompson. He has his clip pierced. Like he's fucking rolling. Um, the second half of both of the, like I said, the f- if you if we came out flat in the first half and we lost Oklahoma State, I can I can understand it. We got kicked in the teeth in the second half against Oklahoma. We came out flat. We now we have the bye week. We can regroup. We were we were fucking chokehold butt fucking them in the first half. Like we had it in the first half. I was relaxed. I was relaxed in the first ha- half of the Oklahoma State game, and I thought to myself, "Oh yeah, well, I didn't Nicole." Have Nicole watched the game with That's me. We stayed outside in, in oh. the tailgate and had the, the game on on the TV. And Nicole had a mood ring on, and Nicole's mood ring was blue because she was cool as a cucumber. And we were all just having a decent time in the first half. Uh, and then you know the Bijan touchdown to start the third quarter that was great. Uh, and then after that, mm-hmm. there was. There was literally nothing that made me feel good for the rest of the day. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I got to transition straight into an Astros game that we just got pistol whipped. Things are looking better now. I'm a happier person. My my life is a little more meaning at this point. So there is at least that. But um, that Saturday was who? Yeah, I ended up falling asleep on the couch. Uh, my wife woke me up at about 3 a.m. I don't know what what happened from about seven o'clock on, but I was there. I was present. I was doing things. Oh, and by the um, way, yeah, if you if you wonder why we're so pissed off about the loss, it it has something to do with the loss, but it also has to do that it was the biggest fucking recruiting weekend. Instead, so so AM beats Alabama, their biggest recruiting weekend, oh. where we're like making fun of them that they're gonna shit their pants and get embarrassed, uh, you know, and that, that everything bad is gonna happen. And then all of that is what happened on Saturday. I hope 
Hey, the the goal and the the ideal dream is that Arch did leave at halftime, and he just like, oh, Texas won convincingly. Let me go see what Austin has to offer. And he was just eating at Matt's El Rancho the rest of the second half with no TVs around him. He's on the he's on the patio at Matt's El Rancho just enjoying. Um, you know, I guess he's too young for a margarita, but um, let's hope that's you know what happens there. You know who was there? This was our chance. This is our chance to make Jaleel Skinner feel like a bit of an ass. He could have but been instead, a burn this weekend. Instead, we had like no targets to tight ends, like zero. They had to block. He just watched Cade Brewer and Jared Wiley just block the entire time because they needed the help on the offensive line. And so now we were running three, maybe three wide receivers against five defensive backs and and hoping Casey was going to have enough time to fucking throw the football. That's the problem with all this. It's like Sark is not going to be able to open up the offense at all until the offensive line can give any quarterback back there two fucking seconds. Like legitimately, he needs two to four fucking seconds and we're not giving them that. The play where Casey like tripped up on, I guess it was Christian Jones or whatever, because he was so far in the fucking backfield. It was like he was running a bootleg and he got tripped up on on his offensive tackle. It that offensive line play was unbelievable. And especially from guys with real experience too. Kerstetter and Angelau had have all the experience in the world. Like if you told me Jake majors and Christian Jones were struggling, but it was across the fucking board and they're never going to find a right guard. It's like they're changing out carriage and they're, they're part of the problem too is like these guys, they're changing the offensive line construction every single week. Like there's no consistency. There's no, just there hasn't been a good, even, even the games we're winning. There hasn't been good offensive line play. It is, and Kyle Flood came over from Alabama. You know, he has a Rutgers head coach, like this big, you know, hey, this is the guy that's going to fix it. Fraud. PK. Fraud. These guys at this point, they have done nothing to prove to me that they are long-term answers at the University of Texas. And that is from Sark on down. There is nothing that they have proven to me that any single one of them Except maybe, maybe Bo Davis. His defensive line's played like shit, but his recruiting's been great. Is the only name I could see, uh, hey, RGB3, three years down the road, these guys are still here. Because right now, PK does not look like the guy. Anybody on his defensive staff, not fucking really, except Bo Davis. And then offensive staff, are you fucking kidding? Besides Stan Drayton, who's probably going to bounce for the NFL, because why wouldn't you at this point? You only have one more fucking year of Bijan. Like outside of them, they should they should all be replaced. I mean, there's no there's nothing to keep them here. And there's part of it like, okay, let let them get their guys. But it's like, fuck you, Andrew. You know, Andre Coleman. Like you've had this long, and these receivers are dropping practice passes in fucking practice. It makes no fucking sense to me. We're supposed to, okay, Sark's, you know, cheaper than Urban Meyer, and we're going to get this all-star fucking staff, and we're getting Will Muschamp and all, Corey Ray, you know, all these fucking guys. And and we ended up with this, and nobody looks better than they did last season. There's not a single player there besides fucking Bijan that looks better than they did last season. Not a single one. Name one. There's not a single player that looks better than they did last season. Think about that. It's a... Uh... 
it's a it's yeah it's hard it's uh it's hard to it's hard to watch it's hard to really be enthusiastic about anything that's happening because there's there like what Sark showed us on Saturday was that that there is no reason that you should hope Texas wins anymore. And that's just sad. It's just you just feel numb and empty and I'm still going to watch. We're still going to be there at the Kansas State at and Kansas tailgates. We're still paying the burn ins. Everything's still going, but it's more just like enjoy having fun with your friends and drinking beers and stuff because the Longhorns are probably going to lose. Um, and, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm tired. Um, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of this so, program and I'm so tired of getting my hopes up. And I'm so tired of me getting my hopes up only to spew my big fucking mouth and then being wrong about all of it. Show me a loss, you dumb bitch. Fucking RGB3, you piece of shit. Let's move on to something fun. <laughs> okay. Well, basketball's about to start. The basketball team is top five ranked in the AP poll for the first time since I can fucking remember. TJ it's been a Ford. long time since that has happened. And uh, I, I don't know what's going on, but. Uh, Chris Beard had an announcement. He is giving up beer for the entire season, which is something I definitely could not do during football season. But, hey, maybe I'll follow him during basketball season. If this guy is what he says he is and what he's, I think, I believe him. I mean, good God, his press conference. They stir part of my soul that I didn't know was there. Like, that guy could get me to run through a fucking wall. A hundred percent. And he's giving up beer now, and he loves beer because, I mean, first of all, he's just a good, good human. You could tell that. So you're a good human. You love beer, but he's giving up beer. That means he finds something a little special in this team because you don't just give that up. I hey, uh, I was gonna make a I was gonna make a Sarkin beer joke and him giving it up, but it's just not as funny um, because he's an alcoholic and we're losing. So. Who's an alcoholic and we're winning, it's a lot funnier to make that joke. So I'm just going to move past that. I'm going to go back to Chris Beard giving up beer um, because, you know, hey, he's determined he's all in and I'm all in. I cannot wait to watch every fucking basketball game we have. I'm very excited. I think it's going to be. Yeah. It's gonna I think be this is going to be a basketball podcast and it's going to be good for everybody. I think uh, Absolutely. we're going to, we, you know, we're going to transition this whole thing to a basketball podcast. Uh and and then everybody will be happy. And then we'll transition from a basketball podcast to a baseball podcast because apparently the other tier one men's sports at this fucking school understand what it means. I don't know. Whatever. To uh, be awesome and not be the fo- fucking football team that we invest so much of our time and effort. And I can mean, we you, just you, put you the guys- basketball players? Can we just fucking start them? On the football team? Fuck. Hey, I'm down at this point. I mean, they can't be worse. I mean, so think about this, guys. So you've listened to uh, I'm a Mac and myself. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. You know, I have the craziest idea. Fucking, you know what we need? Fuck all the offensive linemen. Fuck them all. Just put, just 
run six tight ends, seven tight ends. We're going to run a seven tight end set. Fuck it. Seven tight ends. They all know how to fucking block. Hey, here's the thought. Okay, ready for this? Spur of the moment, 9.32 on a Thursday. You guys are hearing this um, straight from my brain, out of my mouth. Burn ends. We've paid these guys. It's seven players, X amount of dollars each because we're fully funded. Um, I'm, I can bleep whatever if, if, he, if he so chooses. What if we were to do burnt baskets and we sponsored the entire basketball team and everybody that's already donated to burnt ends for an extra 10 bucks a month, something like that. I don't know how many people, I don't, I don't even know how many donors we have at this point. All that money went to a separate pot and we did the basketball team and we're just going to slowly transition. Like we're going to, we're going to pay tight ends forever, perpetuity, but like you could add a little bit and it'll go to the basketball team. Think about it. Just think about it. Just, just popped in my brain. Listen to the podcast, go on the podcast thread and be like, Hey, RGB three. That sounds fucking awesome. I would definitely love my $10 a month to go into a separate pot for basketball. And if we get enough people to do that, we might just fucking, well, do another one. We'll fucking do it live. Do it live. Do it uh, fucking live. So did you see that the Big Ten has the most NIL money? There, uh, The Big Ten won the NIL, apparently, so far. And then Probably because the Big the 12 is second. 1.4 million. Like... Who's going to compete with $1.4 million to fuck the fourth string quarterback at Ohio State? Well, then State. the Big 12 came in second. But then the average they deal. They didn't report our for, shit. I don't know. Yeah. The average deal for the D1 athlete playing football is $384. God. A year, too. Not like a month or a day or whatever. It's yeah. like a year. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're doing We're doing way more than that. Times set. We're doing at least thirty times that. Times <laughs> seven. Thir- yeah, th- we're, we're doing, doing thirty times that for the walk on. Love we're you. We're doing. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> two hundred and ten times that. <laughs> and I don't understand yeah. what the fuck. Uh, fuck open doors. Fuck all this nil stuff. That nobody knows what they're doing. Apparently, Except us. it's yeah, us. I mean, we got one of the best nil deals out there. It's fucking crazy. I still it's haven't seen another one that's night. good. No, you haven't. It's been media interviews, and that's why we're trying so hard on the back end to come up with some really cool shit for the NIL that's going to set Texas apart. But first of all, it's us. Like, we're we're smart enough guys. You know, we've done well for ourselves in life, um, but we're also guys that just say fuck on a podcast, you know, once a week. Um, but we're figuring stuff out better than people that have the time and the resources to do it. And it's literally besides the burn ends and then some, you know, the fucking Quinn Ewers bullshit. Like what other good longevity NIL deals have we seen besides Oregon? Phil Knight, Phil Knight money, whatever he gets it. We understand that. I always see how OU's working out, right? Spencer Rattler got two trucks. Or cars, and truck, and repos. now he's been transferring. He's taking his whole fucking. He's off the team. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He's taking all OU references off of his Instagram. He's changed his pictures. Who knows? All I know is that Caleb Williams kid is fucking really good at football. That guy's really yeah, good. which is unfortunate. 
Whatever. We're a basketball podcast. So, um, speaking of basketball, the NBA started. Um, Fuck who cares? Nobody. I don't fucking care. They, the Rockets are terrible. I love the Rockets when they're good. Um, I'll always love the Rockets. Um, I'm really excited to see Jalen Green. But at this point, they're going to lose. They might win eight fucking games the entire year. So, okay, I'll but, tune well, in. Well, Astros, right? The Astros are they're three one games game away, to two. Baby. One one game away one game away let's fucking go i so i was so like i said earlier it went from oklahoma state directly into the astros and they got their fucking wheels blown off then they go to boston they get their wheels blown off again and then the bullpen throws seven and a third scoreless in game four crazy bullpen that i've been bitching about the entire fucking time and then yesterday um, as you're listening to this. So you'll probably be listening to this. It's probably game day on Friday. Um, Fromber throws eight fucking innings of one run baseball and looked insane doing it. I I have renewed hope for 2021 at this point, And I so do we've not got, think I was uh, going to say that. Gabe, the official mortgage provider of Surly Horns, is giving away tickets and so somebody has tickets, I guess, to every one of these playoff games. I think Tex yep. 48 is going to the next one. Uh, you know, congrats, Tex 48. Um, and yep. yeah, now Gabe Winslow, who's a great RV driver as well as a great He's actually a really broker. terrible RV driver. He's a terrifying, guys. I cannot tell you how many times I texted my wife on that drive back and just, just like, I love you. Um, I want my ashes spread in X, Y, and Z places and, <laughs> and, and like, you know, oh, make, dude. yeah, make, make sure my friends get my, my PS4 and, uh, <laughs> sell my truck. It, it, yeah, there were, there were a couple of moments. I think I even posted it on the RV thread of old Gabe, um, on Surly whilst driving an RV. And that my friends is something that you do not want to see. That is surly is meant to be enjoyed while stationary, not not while operating a motor vehicle, especially with with three other drunkards sitting behind you. Uh, all right, let's uh, Aggie fact of the week. Aggie fact of the week. Let me grab my book, and we're just gonna fact number sixty one for six dollars in twenty nineteen. You could have bought a ticket for the Texas A and M season opener against Texas State. For $6, the last time Texas A&M won a national title, you could have driven from College Station to Memphis and still have enough money for a hamburger, fries, and milkshake at McDonald's, which wouldn't even exist for another 15 years in 1955. $6 for a football game? Oh, man. How does he get Uh. some of this stuff? Shout out Kyle Umlang, 101 Aggie Facts, Things Every Longhorn Should Know. Always funny. Um, go buy his book. I'm sure he's coming out with the next one soon. Now, we're going to go to everybody's favorite segment of the podcast. We missed last week. We need it because we need it. We need it. We need to be and fat. In, in these trying times, we need calories. Like, that's I'm the only stress thing that eating, bro. I'm eat. stress eating. But anyway, the fat boy in a minute. So, for for today's Fat Boy Minute, we're talking about what your favorite sushi place is, and maybe not from that place, but what is the most sushi you have ever consumed in one sitting? 
I'll let you start. So, my favorite sushi place, like, of all time, uh, was this sushi place that we ate in Oslo, Norway. Um, and it was, I can't even remember what the name of it is right now, but it was absolutely incredible. Um, the All of the fish that we had in Norway was obviously fresh caught, but it wasn't fresh caught flown from somewhere on ice and then cut or whatever. It was like fresh caught and then like served to me. And oh, that yeah. was absolutely incredible. It was a, a really outstanding experience. Um, and we had a great, great time at that sushi place. Now, the most sushi I've ever had in one sitting is there is an all-you-can-eat sushi place here in Austin on Lavaca Street called Sushi Junai. And I, they have an all-you-can-eat sushi at lunch, and it's $22.99, but you cannot get nigiri or sashimi. Or you can get the dinner, and it does include nigiri and sashimi. And that one is $33.99. And let me tell you that most people are like, $33.99? That seems like, you know, even if you just ordered off of the menu, that's what, like, at least two rolls, uh, six pieces of sashimi, and like a, an appetizer, right? Yeah, you would be right. But the time that I consumed the most sushi in one sitting, they have a two-hour time limit uh, if you do the dinner. And I consumed $98 worth of sushi. Holy shit. <laughs> so I, you know, I got uh, the salmon, the, the fat belly salmon, the tuna, the albacore, the escalar, the right. And I got like yeah, four pieces of each of those. Um, and then uh, I had a miso soup to start. Uh, and, uh, a, a, like a little chicken, like a fried chicken dish, um, that they had there. And that was like the, the, before I got into rolls, then for the rolls, I got, uh, six different rolls, um, oh, that day. <laughs> and they have this one called the cucumber passion, which is a riceless roll. It's a cucumber wrapped around salmon and, you know, kind of like your normal inside of sushi stuff topped with like some, you know, decent spicy sauce or something. Uh, I got the uh, rainbow roll, which is classic, right? Just tuna roll filled with or no, it's it's your California roll filled with or on topped with salmon, avocado, right? Yellowtail, you know, hamachi, all that stuff. So um, then I got what they call a blackjack. I can't even remember what that was. And then I got a um, just for the halibut, which is a, nice. a good roll. Um, and then it's topped with uh, like torched halibut, which was really good. Um, and then, you know, whatever. I, I ordered so much fucking food. And then I was like, man, fuck it. I'm going to order some more this of this nigiri and then i got you know another like 12 pieces of nigiri and then um they had mochi ice cream 
And I think I got like some chicken fried rice somewhere. Well, why? And I was I was full. I was full for like two days. Oh, yeah. That's one of those where it's just like you just there's you you can't be you can't be comfortable. You can't sit comfortable just because of the rice content. And then I'm sure like if you drink anything cold, that rice just just harden like a stone in your belly. There's no there's no worse feeling than like just full on asian food of any kind like rice just rock solid in your belly i just sat there by myself at lunch and ate this whole thing and i'm sure the fucking (laughs) server was just judging me hey you know what that's the best part it's just when you can just go to town and you'll never see that guy again doesn't matter he's not gonna remember you like you know he's not it's not gonna be a he's not gonna be a staple in your life you just did yourself and that's the best part (laughs) sometimes you just got to go there and you're just like you know what i'm just gonna fire into this one and i'm gonna get just really just good and awfully full and i appreciate that especially for 33 bucks that's a that's money that's easy money yeah so my favorite sushi of all time uchi sushi in houston um it's one of those so i did a um like a taste everybody knows what fucking uchi is okay i figure they did but I did the tasting, and so I despise oh, avocado. I despise avocado, and so I, they, you know, they go by and they're like, "Hey, what do you like? What do you not like?" And I'm you like, can't I, eat mushrooms. I cannot eat mushrooms. I'm like legitimately like I will fucking die eating mushrooms. And then I despise avocado. I don't like the taste. I don't like the texture. Just not for me. So just give me as much of the other shit as you possibly can. Cool. So that's the best sushi I've ever had doing like one of those tastings. Um, the most sushi I ever had was I went to, um, oh God, what's a fucking place called? Uh, it's not Zaza, Z- uh, Sushi Zushi. That's what it's called in Austin. And so they have this. Oh, downtown? Role. Yeah, downtown. Yeah. So they have another one in San Antonio. I can't remember where I did this, but it was either Austin or San Antonio. And um, it's decent sushi. It's fine. Like, it's not, it's nothing special. But they have this roll. It's a raging Cajun roll. And it sounds terrible. And I bet you if a lot of people tried it, they would probably also think, like, yeah, this is fucking garbage. For some reason, it hits my taste buds like nothing ever, ever, ever does. So it's a um, rice roll with a seaweed wrap. And it's stuffed with fried crawfish, melted Monterey Jack cheese on top of it, and then spicy mayo on top. It is insane. I ate four of those in probably 45 minutes. I was like, yeah, let me try one, and I polished it off in legitimately less than eight minutes. It was just absolutely gone. And it's like hardened Monterey Jack cheese and mayo and dip it in soy sauce and it was legitimately the best thing I've ever tasted in my life at the time. Um, and I went through four of those in no less than, yeah, it was probably about an, probably 45 minutes. Um, I ordered immediately after I finished my first, I ordered two more and then I finished up with them. It is so good. So sushi, sushi, if you're in Austin, go try it. Raging Cajun roll. They have another Cajun roll that doesn't have the cheese on top. Um, and the cheese is a little weird. It's like, hardened on top but i fucking loved it so try it nice uh my favorite thing about sushi is uh i i mean i love nigiri um and like just some really good nigiri is is like my favorite 
like aspect of sushi. The one thing I do like about places like Uchi is it's it's such a culinary experience beyond mm-hmm. just the fish. And it's all like, you know, you can eat like 13 plates of the food. And that's what's kind of cool about sushi to me is that you just have like all these dishes. And it's just like trying different things. It's like an appetizer sampler at fucking Bennigan's or something. <laughs> like you get to just try a bunch of different things. They all taste similar, but they all taste different. Um, shout out also to um, Sushi Choo Choo um, off of Highway 6 in Houston. That was my go-to sushi place. It's one of those with the conveyor belt that just fucking goes around and just has sushi like wrap around and you can just grab whatever you want. And then they start counting plates at the end of the day. Um, that was the best. I used to go through like, eight plates of gyoza (laughs) like three gyozas per plate just pounding them and we did that i think every wednesday for work for like three years it was excellent uh but it it, so before we end the podcast what's your favorite sashimi what's your favorite fish like if you had to order one singular roll what are you doing Uh, i love it depends on the freshness of the fish but i'm a salmon guy Um, And if not salmon, I'm I'm a huge sucker for hamachi. I'm a big yellowtail guy. Uh, I love yellowtail. Yep. Love yellowtail. Um, That that, that would be my one. Um, And then... I love escalar, but you can only have like a little bit of escalar. You'll get the shits pretty bad. Oh, yeah. No, I don't touch it. I don't touch it. But I I love a good edamame as well. But um, and, and, And yeah, fuck low sodium soy sauce. I want the real thing. Fuck low sodium oh, yeah. sauce. Oh, yeah. And I put just, I love, I love ginger. lots of wasabi. No, wasabi and ginger, ginger, man. The ginger I eat, like, in between if I'm going to, like, change flavor profiles. But, like, love, love, love to put me some fucking, I love my nose to be just totally clear after I eat sushi. <laughs> that's what you, yeah, that's, that's when you know you've had a really good sushi meal is when it's just, it burns a little bit. It's like you ate too much horseradish. It's just all in your fucking nose. That's the best part. All right. With that, hook them. Signed up for Manscaped, Surly Horns, promo code, hook them.